Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hi everyone, it's GigPod98 and it's myself, Stevie, talking with Friedzo after yet another Celtic Euro horror show as we crashed out of this Conference League 5-1 on aggregate to Bodo Glimt. Apparently everyone says the league is all that matters anyway, John, so that was acceptable I guess, right? Hey, hi Stevie, hi everybody. Uh, no, obviously the league is the biggest one, but no, that was, even by our recent standards, uh rubbish in Europe that was really very poor tonight I think for everybody listening I don't think a lot of people I mean I think I saw on social media John some people were up for it saying they've got some feeling that the team are going to pull off a miracle and I'm like well we haven't done it for like 18 years so I don't know where they're getting that optimism from yeah I know we beat Ferenc Faros away and that was it really but I mean that was expected wasn't it other than that I don't think I've seen Celtic in Europe away from home upset the odds in recent years it's I mean Anderlecht back in 2017 and even then John that was kind of a level playing field in fact we were probably stronger than them but talking about this one I, I, I never thought getting into this game it was done after the first leg I mean that lineup last week killed us getting into the, this one I just thought before the match it was finished and I don't want to sound defeatist, I'm just being a realist. There was no way, up against a Bodo side, John, who are unbeaten in all competitions, stretching back to like the start of August last year. They have just been flying in the league. They've been excellent in Europe. And you saw again last week, John, they took us apart. They weren't even at their best. And I think this Bodo side is still, you know, it will be a few games in before they get to their best, maybe even a couple of months in. I don't know how you felt, but certainly getting into the game, John, I, I just... Sadly, thought it was a write-off, and 
I think it's pretty shameful for Celtic to begin into a game against this type of opposition. No disrespect intended, but Celtic were indeed built John on famous, you know, European nights. It's a big tradition in our history. Not only against massive clubs, John, but when it comes to these matches, we're always expecting Celtic, certainly the name anyway, to be putting up a far better show than that. But I really watched it tonight in the pub thinking we're done before a ball was kicked and that's a pretty sad state of affairs to be in it is but I think the manager agreed with you the same as you I thought the tie was over as soon as they got that third goal last week it was finished there was no way this Celtic say we're going to come back for two goals down I mean we're going to have to have scored three goals to win the tie that was just never going to happen in a million years and I know you say it's about the name but really that's all Celtic have got in Europe these days is our name I mean if hopefully we win the league, and I still think we will, we'll talk about that later maybe, and we get into the Champions League, automatically there's going to have to be a completely different mindset change because this is, we'll talk about the game more, like obviously in this, but I was just looking, in the two games against uh, Bodo, we conceded in the first 10 minutes, I think it was the ninth tonight and the 7th last week. See, in our entire league season so far, we've conceded the open goal in the first 10 minutes once, and that was against Hearts in the first game of the season when this Celtic team was sort of a mess and just getting its act together. So there's obviously something that affects the team. I don't know, the way they, they think about the games, their mentality, that's completely different in Europe than it is for Scottish football. And that's not just a new problem. We've had that for years, but it's something that Ange is really going to have to try and sort. And he's already already showed that he's a some sort of miracle worker with getting the top of the league. But if we can manage to solve our problems in Europe, then I don't know what I'd have to call him because... I think that might even be beyond Dange. So a lot of people say, write it off. If we win the league, next season we'll be far better. We'll get all that money. And that's it. And it's like, well, okay, we'll get all that money, but what do we do with all that money? How do we invest it? John, we've seen Celtic over the years in positions of strength. Domestically, John, we've been so far ahead. We've been, you know, rolling in money. And where's it got us? We're back to square one. And... I don't know, I mean, I trust the manager with the signings we've made so far, and I think if the manager was given funds, John, to invest in the team, he'd certainly recruit far better players than what we've got, but the problem I have is, like, will all that money really be invested in the team? Do you think Celtic, do you trust Celtic to do that? I think it's more about will the players that he signs buy into the mindset that's going to change Celtic in Europe? Because I think we will spend money We've already showed like in January that we spent money. They were the players that the manager wanted. We went out and got them. But I think it's more about the mindset we sell with the new signings. We need to sign players that aren't just for Scottish football, that are for Europe as well. And of course, maybe if Kyogo had been fit, it might have made a bit of a difference because he's got that extra something that I don't think anybody else in the Celtic team has got. But the players that we do sign in the summer, I hope that they've got I hope that they're signed with Europe and domestic football in mind, not just uh, domestic football. I mean, obviously that is a beyond end all for most people, and like you, as you said, people are saying write it off. But I think it's about like the mentality of the players that we're signing rather than like the number of players or how much money we we spend. I think that's the most important thing if we want to do anything in Europe. John, you can tell yourself in my voice, I'm I'm not raging. I'm just I I just expected that tonight. I think a lot of other fans did too. But we'll analyse the performance. I mean, if you want to call it analyse, we'll just oversee it, I guess. If we really want to, you know, analyse that, we're probably going to be really harsh on the side and 
I guess you can say that 11 probably don't deserve it because it, it was expected. But focusing on that 11, John, a lot of question marks with the team that Ange put out. What did you make of it? It's weird because it's obviously it's a sign that Sunday is more important. If he keeps McGregor in the bench, he keeps Jota on the bench, he keeps Juranovic on the bench. So obviously he must have been thinking Saturday's, Sunday's more important. But then at halftime, he takes off O'Reilly and Rogic, who both were poor, and brings on two of our most important players, Abada and McGregor. So I'm confused, really. He obviously picked the team with Sunday in mind, but the changes he made at halftime weren't with Sunday in mind. What do you think about that? Because I just I just don't understand that at all. It seemed to me it was damage limitation. Bring on your better players uh, and just hope not to get overrun because, realistically, John... Bodo could have scored like three or four in that first half if it wasn't for some poor finishing by them and some excellent goalkeeping by Joe Hart. The midfield three and the front three were just completely taken as a part. We needed our better players on the pitch, certainly, just to stop it from being a hiding because during the second half, as we've seen, there's no way that 11 if we didn't make changes, especially midfield. They would have been completely overran to the point where the energy levels would have just been at rock bottom. Um, and Bodo would have been on the ascendancy. It could have been, it could have been horrible to watch. But I guess a slight bit of credit, John goes maybe what five minutes or so into the second half, we looked like a different side. But you also felt Bodo were just playing within themselves when they got that goal. It was all done. So let's talk about the first half. Taking apart, John, and it was that man so backing who was excellent in the first leg. Found it mad that you know he took Greg Taylor apart. Why would you think Liam Scales would do any better against them? I thought maybe have Juranovic on against them at left back, even for the first 45, I don't know, first first 60, then take him off where I thought towards Sunday. But as soon as I saw Liam Scales up against Sol backing, I just thought, nah, we're done here. Um, him and the boy Pellegrino just don't out wide. They were just a real handful all night. We couldn't get to grips with their midfield three. And John, the left back, who I put a tweet out about, he's actually a right back, the number five. Took a wee bit of pelt also because I said that he's a level of left back that Celtic should probably have. Okay, I granted he's a right back slash right midfielder, but whenever he got the ball last week at Celtic Park, he was driving forward, taking about three or four other players out of the game. Did it again tonight. We didn't even, I mean, when he was put under pressure at Celtic Park last week, he was flapping a wee bit and panicky on the ball, when, especially when we showed him on his left, but we didn't even put him under any pressure tonight. That would have been the game plan, surely. In my opinion, anyway, it should have been put that guy under pressure, see if he can do what he did at Celtic Park and just stop being so nice as a team. We couldn't do that. Uh, in the end, their fullbacks were given all the freedom, really, of the pitch yet again, and it was just infuriating to watch. Also predictable as well, I guess, but that first half, John, it was just horrible viewing, wasn't it? And when you saw the 11 that the manager put out, it was always coming. It was, aye. I mean, uh, like we sort of gave up, basically. By picking that team, I mean, obviously that's not what they'll say, and they'll never admit that. They'll never say like Sunday's more important, but they did. And you know, the first half performance is going to be pretty poor because it's a team that's never really played together. I mean, it took long enough for this Celtic side to get good, and that was where the players getting familiar with each other. But this was a team that's never played together on an artificial pitch in terrible conditions, and. It was inevitable, really, I suppose, that we're going to give away yet another early goal in Europe, which we've done for years and years, and loads of managers have tried to sort it, and they never could. And 
as you say, we gave them far too much time and space, and the first half was pretty much a shambles, really. And in a way, it was we were asking for it, really, for picking that team. We'll probably talk more about that in a wee bit. I mean, I can't blame the manager completely for that, but no, with the disjointed nature of the team, it was always going to be hiding to nothing in the first half, and that's exactly what it was. Do you know what it really stood out as well, John? Like watching it tonight, I was at Malone's tonight um, with a couple of people from work, and usually when you watch Celtic in these games in Europe, people are you know getting right passionate and getting emotional in any misplaced pass. It's you know overreaction and you know things like that. People. As as us football fans do, John, you're kicking every ball and everything and you're going over the top. There was none of that tonight, like, pretty much from the team coming out to the first five minutes, it was totally flat. Like, even when Sobak and opened the scoring, no one really reacted. It was just like an eye roll of, like, oh, well, there it is, Celtic away. And that's just what it is now, watching Celtic in Europe. And I hope, John, one day when we're doing these, we can talk about a real classic triumph of the old days again with Celtic in Europe. It does feel like we're such a long way away for that, even though you know we've got a good manager in charge and we've got talented players. I don't think behind the scenes, John, still, we've got a structure in place. And I think, John, basically, we're just a long way away from ever competing at the top level in Europe. But we shouldn't be, really. I mean, I don't want to compare us to Rangers because that's all everybody ever does in Scotland, but... If you look at it as compared to them, it took them like maybe two or three years to get like decent results in Europe, and now they're regularly getting like to the last thirty-two, last sixteen competitions, and they might even put Dortmund out the night. Hopefully, they don't, but they could, and that should be an embarrassment to us. That because of the way we're always judged against Rangers, because of that, that's just how it is in Scotland. And if you think of the fact that how we took them apart earlier this month, and I know it was a different kind of game or at the end of the last one, and they can go over to Dortmund and, like, just battle them, and it really was an amazing result, and I don't like giving them credit, but it was. And uh, we shouldn't be so far behind Rangers when it comes to Europe, and we are. Well, like, back to how we won Europe years ago, I was thinking the last Celtic match that was probably consistently good in Europe that made us hard to beat and hard to break down, the football wasn't good, but it was effective, was Gordon Stratton. Even somebody like Brendan Rodgers, who I think is one of Celtic's greatest ever managers, his performances in Europe were, for the most part, dire, apart from that Anderlecht uh, game you talked about. I mean, he suffered some terrible defeats in the, sort of the same stage as, as this competition, like to, I think, Valencia and Zenit. So, I mean, that's like 15 years that Celtic have been like soft touches in Europe, and it's, that is really, really poor, as you say. We we should be discussing, like, I know this season was a rebuilding job and it's all about winning the league, and if we do go on to win the league, which I think we'll, we'll, we'll be one of our greatest leagues ever and we'll celebrate by no demolishing George Square. But, as you say, that we should be talking about European triumphs and it is, I think, an embarrassment for Celtic that we're so far behind in Europe, so far behind Rangers, and people might not like People might know, like, hearing that, but it's true. They are much better than us in Europe. I think we're better than them a bit domestically, and that shows with the league table. But they're much better than us in Europe. And, okay, it took them a couple of years, but we have had the players at Celtic to do much, much better in Europe than we have. And it's powerful, really, a European record. I don't... Also, I absolve Ange for tonight. 
and this season because he inherited like a select team and a squad and a club that was in chaos after like chasing after Eddie Howe. But it's really poor and if we get to the Champions League next season, I think the only good thing about it will be the money because I think we're going to get absolutely hammered unless we sign players with the right mentality. And I just hope that's going to be getting worked on during the summer. But no, our results in Europe are very, very poor and we deserve all the criticism we're going to get for the night. And because, uh, no disrespect to Bodo Glunt, but and I know they beat Roma 6-1, but I think that was about a freak game. We shouldn't be losing so badly to them that the second leg is like an afterthought. It doesn't matter. Because we've got Hibs away, who lost to Livingston and St Mirren at home recently. We shouldn't be like so... We should be able to handle both games in a week. We should be able to handle Bodo Glunt and Hibs, but we just can't do that now, and I think that's very poor. I can't disagree with anything you say there, John, um, but I'm not going to be praising Rangers now, despite what the score is against Dortmund. On to the second half. You know, it's, I mean, John, you're probably going to say the same thing as me here, but watching it and seeing us getting a wee bit of mini, a wee bit of mini momentum at least, it wasn't even tons of pressure we were putting Bodo under. And I turned around and I went, do you know what's going to happen? They're going to hit us here. They're going to score a second. You, you can see it coming. Around about the 60th minute, it was that number 10 who was excellent and scored the third at Celtic Park. Put it away after yet another sort of basic move. You could see as it was building up, literally said to the people I was with about 10 seconds before they scored, I went, here we are, this is number two. And that was it. Game well and truly done and dusted after that. But I think what got me, John, was just how composed that guy was when he put it away. When about five minutes before that, dies in Maeda. Please pronounce it properly here. I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna call him Dyson for now on. I'm just gonna use his first name. <laughs> but he had a similar sort of chance and he just sort of lashed at it and it just went wildly over the bar and I just thought, you know, it's if he just kept it low or something, that that's that's can pass the goalie. But I don't just want to, you know, single him out. A lot of players really let us down tonight, but that was just wee things like that, John. Just parallels between the sides that number 10 was just so composed and cool and we were desperate so sort of snatching at chances and it just summed up our overall performance didn't it yeah i mean that was a probably our only good move of the night when uh dyson <laughs> get put through and it's so much time and i thought he'd just compose himself and just hit it into the back of the net and he, it wasn't even close it was well over the bar and then as you see a couple minutes later they scored that goal and that was it and I suppose we played slightly better in the second half, but I suppose you need to take into account the fact that uh, Bodo Glint was pro- were probably playing within their cell. I mean, the game was won for them. They were probably thinking about the next round and the fact that their season hasn't even started yet, that's another <laughs> bad sign for us when we lost so poorly. A team that season hasn't started and they, they lost a load of their best players in the transfer window. But no, that was a big difference between the team and the teams and it really was just best forgotten about I, I wasn't looking forward to this game I, I, knew, I thought it was going to be like just a keep it presentable job like so we don't get hammered and that's what it was and that's what Celtic are in Europe now I mean teams should be delighted to draw us because they'll get to come to this famous club where we're a great European pedigree well I mean even not that long ago we're beating a team like Lazio at Celtic Park so, like, it's a great stadium for European nights, and they usually come over and their fans have a great time, and the players have a great time when they beat us 
and then they can tell us how great the atmosphere was. So teams in Europe will probably be delighted to draw us for now because we're so easy to play against in the defeat at Celtic Park. And I think it's probably just best we forget about the night and uh, look ahead to Sunday. Yeah, I'll do that in a minute. And thanks for reminding me when I was talking about away games that I was proud of Celtic. I forgot all about Lazio, but, you know, group stage games and everything as well. It's different compared to knockouts, isn't it? And that 18-year sort of embarrassing record with knockout is just, oh, it's murder, to be honest. And of course, when we beat Lazio, we played Copenhagen in the knockout, and that's that sort of some Celtic up. We should we should have won easily in Copenhagen. We missed that many chances. We ended up hanging on for a draw because Fraser Foster saved a penalty. Then the second leg, we're getting beat one now. We get it back to one each. As I said last, I know, I know. Can we not talk about it? Please? I know, but it was it was reminiscent. I just always remember that. Eddie says to the players, calm down after they scored the penalty and then we give away two goals. So, they've learned nothing. It's different players, a different manager, but the players, mostly different players, a different manager, but Celtic have learned nothing. A higher class Hibs, if you will, John. Yes. In a way, yes, we are. I mean, <laughs> how terrible. I really kind of believe that we're so, so poor in Europe. It's, it's dreadful, really, absolutely dreadful. I know, and anyway... We'll be talking about Hibs in a couple of minutes, but I just want your shoot opinion on one player. I've really tried my hardest to defend him. Um, when everybody is giving him scathing abuse on Twitter and forums, I'm always saying he might come good. I know that he's living off his past reputation now and what he's won, and that's never a good sign. But always, it's a bit of denialism in me. A lot of, you know, it could be a lot of the same denialism, John, that a lot of fans getting into tonight's game were saying, like, oh, we've done it before, it's Celtic, we'll do it again, the whole romantic thing. That's Logic's out the window with me now, and I'm just going pure on emotions, and that's a bad sign, but I do think James Forrest uh, is finished at Celtic. I don't know what he offers on the pitch anymore. He's not kicked a ball with a seat. He's put in a ball for Edward in the 3-2 win over Hearts. Scored against Altmar. It was a deflected effort, but hey... And then, of course, St. Johnston semi-final, he comes on. And we thought he's going to really kick on now, but he really hasn't. Um, today, I thought, utterly shameful performance. In a way, it's, the injuries have just decimated him. He can't fit into this side. And I just feel now that, for all, Mikey Johnston gets pelters, and rightly so at times. James Forrest, I can now see you know, why he gets the criticism he does. I always used to think people were being harsh and... People are just moaning for the sake of it, despite the fact that I can see he was often very little. Just give him a run and all he needs is a break, a pass, an assist, a deflected strike, something to go his way. But he couldn't even do the basics tonight, John, and I, I feel Forrest's time at the club is should be at an end in the summer. But he's got another year to go and I just don't think Celtic are going to try and move him on. I don't really know what his next move is, to be honest. What do you think? I think sadly I agree with you. And he's been a brilliant, brilliant player for us. But I think, as you say, his time's a bit up. I mean, I, I'm not going to be that critical of him because I think his injuries he's had over the last 18, 24 months have just really ended. Like, have just like taken so much away from his game. And as you said, he was poor tonight. He did put in one good ball, but that's about it. And, about it. and he's had three assists and three goals this season. And the last of them was that St. Johnson game. So and that was a long time ago. That was in November. And I know he's no starter a lot of games, but 
as you say, just really doesn't do it enough. And I don't think he'll be leaving. I mean, I think he'll stay until the end of his contract. I, I would be surprised if we gave him another one. And I think he'll maybe get a testimonial. And listen, he's he was huge for Celtic in the nine in a row years. I mean, he won play of the year deservedly. He scored a lot of big goals. He was a very, very good player for Celtic, but I think injuries have done him in, and I think similar to Scott Brown, I think he'll probably go with the... He should probably go with the best wishes of the club when his contract runs out next season, because I just... He's not even that old, really. I mean, that's the thing. He's only 30. So if he does leave us next season, I'm sure he could still do a job for another team in the Premier League. But, no... As you say, I think his time at Celtic has run its course. Um, I'd be surprised, I'd be stunned if we started that many games between now and the end of the season. We've got all these huge games coming up in the run-in. I would imagine it's going to be Jota and Lila Bada most weeks. Maybe if they've got an injury. Well, I think it'd probably be Dyson. If any of them were out, he'd be going the wing. But no, I'd have to agree with you. And I feel bad for him because he's been a great player for us. He's won loads and loads of trophies, more than... MD would have expected him to win when he first broke into the team. Well, under Neil Lennon the first time, that's how long ago it was, I think 2010, 2011. Or rather, 2009, 2010, when Lennon was a caretaker, he first broke into the side. And he's been a great player for us, but no, I agree with you. I just can't see him being a regular anymore. That's a shame, but that's what happens in football. Indeed, and he should be nowhere near the pitch on Sunday, where we take on Hibs at Easter Road. John, got a few minutes to go here before we sign off. Not really going to analyse it in depth and do a big preview before the game. I'll, I'll be on 6 or 7 Hill Hill on Sunday and it'll be an in-depth review of that. But I'm really just looking for a shoot prediction. Don't think it'll be a tap-in for us. Um, and I think obviously resting some players tonight might end up being you know a smart move for the manager for that game. It's going to be quite a high tempo. And Hibs now, they'll get through in the Scottish Cup. I think it was against a Broth, tricky away game. Then they were quite comfortable against Ross County. Um, the weekend they're winning 2-0 despite that don't think they've got enough uh, presence up front to really trouble us I think I don't know if we'll be really comfortable but I think we'll have enough in us to beat them and get the three points I'm going to say it'll be a 3-1 win for us just like we managed back in October 3-1 to Celtic that's my shoot prediction what's yours? Uh, I'm going for 2-1 I think we'll win I don't know if it'll be as emphatic as a you predict, but no, I think well, there's really no excuses now. We've got 11 league games left, we know what to do. Win, win all those games, we win the league. I mean, I think we'll need to win 10 anymore. And if we draw the other one against Rangers, we'll win the league. But no, I'll be a difficult game, I suppose, because like it's never easy going to Easter Road. That win there uh, last year was the first that we'd had in the league in a long time. I think they'll be up for it. They'll think that maybe Celtic are a bit uh, a bit jaded after the game. So I don't think it'll be easy. It's never easy after a European uh, game playing on the road. But not a Celtic team. If it's the right team pick, picked and we don't like sort of throw it together like tonight, which I don't think Andrew will. I think he'll pick the right team. I think we'll have enough to get a win. I think it'll be a hard-fought win. And then we'll get because it never stops. Next week we've got St Mirren on Wednesday night and then we've got Livingston next Sunday, which I'm sure will be a great fun. But no, I think we need to win. We've built up this head of steam in the league. We can't let it start dropping off when it's only a couple of months of the seasons to go. I think the players will know that, the manager will know that, and I think we'll win 2-1. 
Hopefully that's the case, John. We'll take anything, you know, at this stage, as we keep saying on here. And when we're on 67 Hail Hail, it is just a case of winning at this point. Hopefully now, John, that this, and I'm saying it in quotation marks, distraction that is Europe is over, we can start actually performing in the league. Who knows? But aye, anyone will do on Sunday. And that is it for episode 98. I just want to say, look, we've got together after a pretty humiliating performance and a dismal result. Yet another one in Europe um, and put something together for you all. And thanks a lot to you, everyone, for the support. We genuinely do appreciate it and appreciate you tuning in on nights like this, especially when, you know, I don't know, John, any other time, me and you would never get together if it wasn't for the amount of people listening and, you know, giving us support on GigPod. So I'll let John do his outro and say what he's got to say. But from myself, Stevie, um, I really appreciate everyone tuning in the engagement that you guys do on Instagram um, and Twitter as well. It is really class and I'll be back on Sunday. As I said, on 6 or 7 Hail Hail, right after the game live, but also I'll come on GigPod and I'll aim to get Spunk phone on because John is going to be unavailable and take it away, John. Yep, I'm going to be in that London this weekend, so sadly I'll miss uh, GigPod this week, but I'm sure the lads will do a great job without me. But uh, as Steve says, thanks everybody for listening. Thanks for all the engagement and all that that everybody's given us on this podcast, on the Instagram, at GigPod, where Stevie does his 60 second reviews, or at Twitter, at GigPod, where Stevie is up to nonsense as ever. But no, thanks everybody for listening. You know where to get is on the usual podcast platforms by now, and you can leave us reviews and all that. So we should be back with our podcast after the Hibs game at some stage, and I'll be back on next week, I'd imagine. So thanks everybody for listening. We'll speak to you all soon and hail hail. Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.